Hey guys, welcome to our online campus. Whether you're joining us through YouTube or our podcast, we're really glad that you're here today. Let's tune into today's message here at Higher Vision. Enjoy. death to selfie and so I did a little study on selfies and I don't know if you know this but in America today there will be 93 million selfies taken in America today in fact in the year 2013 um, according to Oxford Dictionary selfie was the word of the year it's a taking a picture of yourself in fact if you're a young adult they estimate that you will take 25,000 pictures of yourself before you die kind of crazy? And here's where it really has gotten strange. I mean, we have gone off the rails. When I was younger and you went up to a door to ring the doorbell, what finger did you use? Come on, this one, right? Now they've done a study and the the most used um, appendage on the hand for a young adult millennial is now the thumb because of the selfie. And I noticed on our videos that, that we play before the church, there was a young adult that was walking up to Pastor Lochi's house, uh, Sean, and when he walked up, they happened to get a picture, and what did he use to ring the doorbell? He used his thumb. Something's wrong in America right now. The point I want to make is we're in a culture that is kind of obsessed with the selfie. Now, maybe you're a little bit older and you're like, well, I'm not that obsessed with selfie. Selfie. Well, I had someone yesterday tell me, today I took my first selfie. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about this idea. And I want to set the stage and make it clear. I am not against social media. We use social media. It's a great platform to get the word out. And it's a great way to give inspirational messages. But I think there's a spirit behind it sometimes that if we're not careful, we can embrace So I want you to stand to your feet, and we're going to read this verse together in Philippians. We're going to have some fun today, but we're going to address some real issues. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. I want everyone, including those online, let's read this together. Ready? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests but take an interest in others too. I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We pray that you would speak today. Lord, let the message of your word penetrate our hearts. Lord, we thank you that you have a message for us and we're ready to receive it. In Jesus' name. And somebody shouted, amen. Amen. Wow, what a great crowd. Come on, I know you love Jesus because football season is going. And you showed up to church, and you're like, yeah, that's because my game's later, Pastor. Okay. (laughs) I want to tell you, this isn't a series about social media. It's really a series about mentality. It's a series about identity. And I want to give you three ideas. Now, if you're a younger uh, adult, maybe you're a teen, or, or, or you're in the millennial generation, I want you to open your heart, because there's some things here that I think you should embrace, but I think it's for all of us. And I want to give you three big points that I think God is trying to teach us in this series. You ready? Here's point number one. Ready? It's this. I will not make life all about me. I want to say it again. I will not make life all about me. You see, when you read what what, uh, Paul wrote to the Philippians, this was the first church that he planted 
when he went into Asia Minor. Here's what he says. He says, don't be selfish. Don't be absorbed with yourself. Don't just focus on self. And what happens when you do that? You'll try to impress others. Don't try to impress others. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You see, what I want to point out today is simply this, is that social media and selfies, if we're not careful, subtly can make life all about me. Now, some of you say, no, 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 it doesn't, Pastor Jared. Well, let's, let's go to the core of it. Here's, what it. here's what it really does. When you sign up on Instagram, here's what you're saying. You're saying, okay, I want you to see me, and I want you to like me, and I want you to comment about me. And here's what we'll do to feed that meanness, that selfishness that I have, that you have too. So here's what I'll do. We'll make an agreement. I'll follow you and I'll like you and I'll see you if you'll see me and you'll like me. And if we're not careful, there's this subtle mentality where it becomes all about me. And then, then it even goes to the next level because then we find value in life based on what people think about me. Because if we do something and we post it and we get lots of likes, we're all happy. But then when we post something and nobody's seeing it or paying attention to it, then suddenly we're not happy and we're frustrated. How come nobody liked me? How come nobody commented on me? Come on, is anybody out there say amen? I know maybe you're saying, well, maybe you're taking it to the extreme. Well, let me just kind of give you an idea of this concept. It started all the way back in Greek mythology. There was a gentleman, let me show you a picture. His name was Narcissus. And Narcissus was this Greek character, and here's the story. Narcissus um, was blessed with supernatural good looks. All the women adored him, but he never returned their love. And over time, the maidens grew angry, and they prayed and asked the gods to curse Narcissus with the pain of unrequited love. And the gods listened. So deep in the woods, they created a pool of pure silver water. And one day, Narcissus, he he uh, stumbles upon this pool, exhausted and thirsty from a day of hunting. Leaning over to take a drink, he sees his own image reflected in the mirrored water. But he mistook it for a beautiful water spirit living in the pool. As he gazes at those bright eyes and those curly locks of hair, he falls in love. But when he leans forward to kiss the face, it it flees in the moment of contact. In time, it would return, and Narcissus would once again be enamored by it once more. He was so taken by the image in the water that he lost all thought of food and rest. Soon, Narcissus began to starve. But the pain of hunger could not overpower the stunning beauty that enraptured him. Eventually, he withered away and died. Narcissus fell in love with himself. It was the Greek warning against excessive self-love and self-focus. And along came a psychologist by the name of Sigmund Freud, and he termed the phrase narcissism. How many have ever heard, hey, they're narcissistic? which is the, the, the phrase self-love and self-interest. 
I want to say I'm not against social media. I'm not against Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. But what I am saying is that if we're not careful, it can subtly begin to turn us to where all we can think about is us. I love Randy. If you, if you haven't met Pastor Randy, he's been my friend for, gosh, almost 20 years now. He's been on our staff from the very beginning. And, and sometimes when he's telling a story and all excited, at the end of the story, he'll kind of do a joke and he'll say, okay, okay, enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think about me? <laughs> and what happens is Paul comes along and Paul says this. Paul says, be careful. Beware. Because here's the big idea. If we are caught up in self-love, then that means we're not caught up in love for God and love for others. You see, Jesus said, I've come to give you a better way. It's easy to get caught up in yourself. It's easy to get caught up in your desires. It's easy to get caught up in your wants. But you see, if you're going to follow me, a follower of Christ, in fact, let me tell you, it's found in Matthew. And here's what Jesus said. Matthew 16, he said, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must say death to selfie. Deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And here's why. Because for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You see, the best way for you to find fulfillment, the best way for you to find real life is to lose your life for Christ, to think of others, to think of God. But what we do is we think of self, and we think that if we think of self, we're going to feel better about self. But here's what we discover. The more we think about self, the more we realize that I'm focused on self, and I need to change self, and I need to get some surgeries to help self as I get a little older, and that I need more people to look at self. So if I can just get to a 1,000 followers, then I'll really be happy. And before you long, we've fallen into this pit of Wait a minute, life's all about me. And I love what Paul teaches us, and that is, I will not make life all about me. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Jesus said there's a better way. Come on, somebody say a better way. Can I give you the second point? Here's the second point. And that is, I will not play the comparison game. I will not play the comparison game. Let's take a look once more at this passage. Here's what Paul says. He says, don't try to impress others, but be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves. What's interesting about the word impress, it's a Greek word, and here's what it means. It means um, to have, have conceit, to be vain, but it also means to put yourself in a high position. So in other words, the kind of the concept is that that you're comparing yourself to others and you're placing yourself comparatively in a higher position. And then Paul says, hey, don't do that. Be humble. And it's interesting. The word humble means this in the Greek. It means modesty, but it also means to assess oneself appropriately. You see, if you're not careful, you'll start playing the comparison game. And the Bible tells us we don't do that. In fact, let's go to Galatians. Look at what Paul says. Paul says, make a careful exploration of who you are. Don't be impressed with yourself. And don't, what's the next word? Don't compare yourself with others. You see, the the challenge is is with social media, if you're not careful, you, you start to scroll and you start to compare. But here's the problem. When you're comparing, you're not comparing with anything that's real. 
Because when you look at the picture, you're comparing with a photoshopped, filtered, edited, from up above with a duck face version. I think what God is trying to teach us is simply this. Don't compare your actual inside with someone's virtual outside. You see, the reality is that you and I, we end up scrolling, and before long, we don't realize it, but we start comparing. And the problem is, is we're not comparing with the real. In fact, can I tell you that I think scrolling, if you're not careful, can start to breed envy. And the next thing you know, it's a sneaky little sin, because the next thing you know, you're starting to say things like, well, how in the world can they afford to go on vacations like that? You know, we should be able to go on vacations like them. Come on, anybody been there? Or we start to say things like, well, I wish my kids were like that. How come my kids are knuckleheads? What's going on over there in that house? The next thing you know, we're comparing and we're envying. Look at what the scripture says about envy. Proverbs chapter 14 verse 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but, what's the next word? And what does it do? It rots the bones. There's a lot of people that have lost the joy of life and they're decaying, they're rotting on the inside because they started scrolling and without realizing it, they got caught up in the scroll. And the next thing you know, they're comparing and they're envying and they're coveting. Well, if I had a job like that, then I'd be able to buy some shoes like that. The next thing you know, you're comparing and you're envying and there's a rot that starts to begin. You know the other thing that scrolling can do? Scrolling can breed judgmentalism. Come on, don't raise your hand, but how many of you judge somebody on social media? We start scrolling, right? And before long, scrolling turns into trolling. And the next thing you know we're saying is we're saying things like, Gosh, can you believe they posted that? And then what do we do? We copy it and we send it to our friends and we tell them, can you believe that they posted that? So we start gossiping about their post and judging their post. Or you hear people say, I can't believe they voted for them. Scrolling turns into trolling. And we begin to envy and we begin to judge and we start to compare our actual inside with someone's virtual outside see here's the reality you don't know what's behind that post you don't know what's behind that picture you don't see what's left on the cutting room floor you just see the highlight reel you know, it's the same for me as a pastor. I have Instagram, and, and sometimes I'll post things that are happening, and, and I, I would think there are probably people, maybe you're here in this church, and like, man, how cool. Look at Pastor. I just was watching, and he was over in Hawaii, preaching in Hawaii, and he look, he's at the golf course. He's playing golf on a hole right by the water. Man, how cool is that? Look at Pastor and Devet. How cool is that? While wow, they had their kid, their son was preaching last Sunday on the stage. How cool is that? But what you don't know is that behind the scenes... Our family right now is going through one of the most difficult, tragic seasons that we've ever faced in life. Because what we do is we 
compare our actual inside with someone's virtual outside. Well, what could be so bad for you, Pastor Jared? Well, right now, I have a prodigal son who's left home, living on the street, making bad decisions. We cry ourselves to sleep. We don't know if he's going to be okay or he's not going to be okay. We don't know if we're going to get a phone call from the hospital or from the police. And sometimes if we're not careful, what we see is the outside, but we don't see the inside. And what ends up happening is we start then getting absorbed about us and about our interests and our needs and what's going on in our life. And we start judging others and we don't even see what's going on because we don't realize it. Why? Because we start to make life all about me. And we play the comparison game. I'm not trying to get your sympathy today. I'm just trying to tell you in a moment of transparency that we all have things that we're walking through. And you know, my hope and prayer would be is that you don't go home and post about my problem, but instead you'll go home and you'll pray for my problem. You ever heard the story? I heard the story about a little bully that was making faces at people in the um, playground. And so Mrs. Zimmer, the teacher, she came and grabbed him and pulled him aside. She said, you know, young man, when I was your age, the teacher told me if I made faces like that, it could freeze that way. <laughs> and he looked up at Mrs. Zimmer and he said, well, let's just say you were warned. You see, the challenge is that when you make life all about me, the challenge is, is when you play the compare game, what happens is you open the door for the enemy to steal and rob your contentment and your joy. That's why I love what Paul says in the same book, in Philippians chapter 2. What does he say? He says, I have, what's the next word? I have learned how to be content in whatever I have. Guys, I want you to leave this, this verse up. I've learned to be content. And then he goes on to say, I've had a lot, I've had a little. I've been hungry and I've, I've been starving. Right, or I've been, I've been full. I've had things go well, and I've had troubles in my family. But then he went on to say this, but here's what I know. I've learned to be content in whatever I have, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when I read that, as I began to read that, I realized that the enemy will rob our contentment. And here's why. Because we've learned the wrong behaviors. We've learned scrolling. Now, you know, I'm just using it as a metaphor, but we've learned scrolling, we've learned judgment, we've learned comparison, we, we've learned being focused on self, and what happens? We haven't learned contentment. Here's the point. Contentment is not just a byproduct, it's a learned behavior. So the question is, what are you learning in your life? And I'm telling you, if you'll focus on others, if you'll focus on God, if you'll get in his word, if you'll be in relationship, you're going to learn the right things and you're going to be content and you're going to be full of joy and you'll be able to stand up and say, even if you've got a prodigal son, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me. Come on, somebody say amen. I will not make life all. And I will not play the comparison game. And here's the third one. You ready? Third point is, I will not live a virtual life. What, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Well, I've got to tell you that we live in a culture where things are moving more and more virtual. 
games where you can experience virtual realities. You know, what's interesting is this. Um, they did a study with the millennial generation. And if you're in the millennial generation, listen, I'm not knocking you today. I just want you to, to see, though, the trends and the, the potential of what can happen if, if things go unchecked, if you don't pay attention. And here's what they discovered. Did you know that millennials now are spending six and a half hours a day on social media? And they asked them, and here's what their perspective was, is that my job is what I do between being on social media. Here's what's also interesting is in the same study, they discovered that there's never been a generation more alone, lonely, and isolated than the generation that we have today. We're the most connected we've ever been. We show more of ourselves. We see more of what people eat. This is so exciting. I'm so glad you had a hamburger. Like. Comment. I think I'm hungry. You know, I've seen friends and... And they're, you know, they're friends that I knew in high school, and I'll see them, and maybe you've had the similar conversation, and you'll see them, you're like, hey, bro, what's up, man, it's good to see you, and then what do you first think? You think of the people they hung out with in high school. You're like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? Do you ever hang out with so-and-so? And then what do they say? They're like, no, I haven't seen him in years. And, and then you're like, hey, are you going to the reunion? Let me just say, this, this guy right here, this old guy is turning 50 this next year. So the whole reunion thing is getting a lot less less fun, and it's more like you just don't want to think about it. Because I'm on like the 30-year reunion, 30-year reunion. And you say, are you going to the reunion? And what do they say? No, no, I'm not going to go to the reunion. And they're like, okay, man, well, it's good to see you. And then what do they say? Okay, man, I'll, I'll, see, you on friend, I'll, I'll see you on Facebook. I'll friend you on Facebook. And here's what they're saying. They're saying, hey, let's have a virtual relationship. Now, let me tell you the value. Can I tell you the value of a virtual relationship? In the year 2009, the, uh, the company Burger King did a study to try to see the effects of advertising on social media. Now, it kind of paved the way, and now social media is where you advertise, right? And so they did a thing called the Whopper Sacrifice. And the way it worked was is if you, and here's what they said, if you'll unfriend 10 people on Facebook... We'll give you a free Whopper. It's kind of like reverse psychology. And you know what happened? They were so inundated with so many people unfriending their friends that they had to shut, shut down the advertising because they were giving away so many Whoppers. And in the end, they did a study to determine what the value of a friendship was, and it was 37 cents. Demo. You and me, man. 37 cents. That's what you mean to me. Love you, bro. That's the value of friendship. 
And if we're not careful, we've moved away from authentic relationship. And, we've, and you know, we've been talking here at Higher Vision about circles and about being in community. And the, I believe that the Bible teaches us the exact opposite. That's what we read a moment ago. Let's go back to it. Philippians chapter 2. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You see, the gospel, it's interesting, the word look out, that word right there, that phrase in the Greek, here's what it means. It means to turn your focus. So rather than having your focus on you, turn your focus to others. To others. That's what the gospel's trying to teach us. That's why I'm bringing it up. That's why we're talking about it. Because God is trying to turn our attention away from life about me so that life is about others. See, God wants us to be an authentic, true relationship. In fact, here's, let's make it real. God wanted a relationship with you, so you know what he did? He sent you a Facebook request. No, he didn't. He, did, he didn't send just a post about himself. And he didn't send a picture of himself. He sent himself. It's called the ministry of presence. And we live in a world where we're losing the ministry of presence. I ran across a story about a woman. And this woman was a mom and she had two kids. And, and she got concerned because she began to notice how much the kids were paying attention to how much she was on her phone, on scrolling on Instagram. So she decided to do an experiment. She said, I'm going to go into the room. I'm going to sit on the couch. And one of the kids was playing with Legos. The other kids was playing with cars or trucks. And, and she said, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to not pick up my phone. And I'm going to take a piece of paper and a pencil. And I'm just going to make a notch every time they look at me to see if I'm on my phone. So she went in and she sat down for 30 minutes. And in 30 minutes, she had 30 marks on her paper. Every minute... Her kids would look up to say, hey, is mom watching? Oh, she's watching. <laughs> because they wanted her presence. Made me think, could there be people in your neighborhood that are looking for authentic Christians? And when they look, what do they see? We have people in the cubicle next to us going through a divorce, hurting and full of pain, and they're looking. But as Christians, we've got caught up in the culture. And what do they see? Cross Pastor Gene. Block, I'm blocking you. <laughs> the ministry of presence. I will not live a virtual life. So I'm going to join a circle. I'm going to be in relationship. I'm not going to live at a distance because it's the relationship that releases. I can't wait till the last week of this series I've been working on. I've been asked to speak at a conference with thousands of pastors from around the country. And I, I have a, a window to share. And one of the things I'm going to talk about is the power of covenant relationships. 
Jonathan and his armor bearer. I can't wait. I'm going to preach on it in, in three weeks. And, and I, I've, I've discovered there's power. Miracles happen in authentic relationship. Listen, I'm not against a virtual friendship. Fine, do all you want. But I'm here to tell you that God has more for you than that. And if you want to find life, if you want to find fulfillment, if you want to make a difference, if you want to be like Jesus, Jesus said, pick up your cross and say death to selfie and yes to God and yes to others and say, Lord, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to be present in my family. I'm going to be present in my marriage. I'm going to be present in Santa Clarita Valley. I'm going to be present in Valencia High School. I'm going to be present, Lord, in this city because you put me here. So I say death to selfie. Aren't you glad that Jesus is present for you?